This is the equivalent of Mia doing her homework in class. I know. <laughs> She's like, hang on, let me just let me just look at this real quick. Yeah. I'm basically cheating too, because yeah. it's not mine. It's not my thinking. <laughs> Hi, this is Mia. And this is Tina. And you're listening to Yeah, No. The podcast about starting a business at the intersection of design and healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) What up? Hey. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good today. (laughs) <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> What's happening? Hear anything good? You know, I've just been reading the news, which, you know, I probably should stop reading, but... We had dinner last night with some friends, and the most amazing story was told. I can't get it out of my head. Who was it told by? You! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who else tells I amazing know, stories? You're my source for amazing <laughs> stories. You should tell it again. Which one? Because I think all of them were so good. What you was know which it? one I'm talking about? No, I forgot. About the... Really? Yeah. The goats. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The goats. Yeah, so scientists have figured out how to have goats spin some crazy uh, spider webs in their milk. With their milk. Yeah, with so milk. the milk comes out with spider webs in it, it's, which is crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. I don't even know where to go with that. Did you do your further research when you got home last night? Because that's usually what you do. I know, I didn't. Um, Yeah, it's pretty incredible because I guess, um, you know, there's some properties around spiders, webs, and things like that that could be beneficial and combining it with some proteins or something in the milk. Yeah. And so they were just like, let's put these two things together. Wow. You know what they're trying to do is they're trying to make Spider-Man, but... It'll be spider, spider goat. goat. <laughs> <laughs> and goat doesn't mean greatest of all time. So what are we talking about today? And today we're going to talk about boundaries. Yeah, that's a good segue. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. We're not talking about boundaries like we did last week about saying no, right? Yeah. We're really interested in boundaries because there's a lot of conversation about Um, flat organizational structures. So companies that don't have a lot of hierarchy built into them. For example, Zappos is one of the kind of more common ones because they wrote a book about it, right? And the definition of this flat organizational structure is essentially trying to be less um, structured about hierarchy. And it's a model where there's no levels of middle management between the executives and the staff level employees. idea of flat is conceptually about collaboration and being able to have people be accessible where people can move around and you're not siloed and you're not stuck only making decisions based on your level. I've never been in a company that has flat organizational structure, but you know, it just seems like it would be challenging to not know who's steering the ship. From what I've read, it's oftentimes that there's quote unquote nobody steering the ship and that I think would drive me nuts so for us in our in our small company I think a lot of it is around just trying to establish when is a good time for somebody to take control be a leader and then when is it good to collaborate yeah
We sometimes straddle that line where we always encourage people to go outside of their roles and responsibilities, feel empowered to um, take control of a project or take responsibility over things that are not necessarily in, in their traditional job description. But at the same time, we also want the team to work together before they kind of come to us because they can make iterations or ideas better by working together. I guess I don't know sometimes what boundaries are helpful and what ones are just feel artificial. What is an example of a boundary that you feel like needs to be in place or that you feel like needed to be broken? I have a really good example of where I find boundaries to be hard. Part of me as like the partner at the firm wants to make sure the firm are we the firm at the Diagram? firm yeah at the firm as a partner part of me feels like i want to be accessible to people you know oh you, you know you, sh- you can come and talk to me open door policy you know that kind of thing the reality is is that i should not be involved in tiny little things yeah. on a on a daily basis and Sometimes I do get frustrated when I feel like something could have been presented to me or shared to me at a higher level of fidelity or finish if the team had kind of worked together more and gone to each other rather than coming directly to me. So that's where the boundary gets really blurred for me. And I completely understand if the people who are working with us feel like they don't know when they should come to me and when they shouldn't because I, I, I would find that confusing as well. But I think that that's like a really good example of where I feel like I'm still trying to figure out how to set up the correct boundary. But we've also come up with this tension of who is in charge, like who's going to step up and, and really lead it because you're right, nothing gets gets done if everyone's just kind of like I'm in a group and, right and we're working collaboratively on it and then you're like well who's who's responsible responsible yeah. right or you we get into a situation where somebody says oh I was going to do that but I didn't want to step on the toes of right. the other person right. I heard about a study once it was done a really long time ago about male versus female soccer players uh-huh. and especially in youth and uh, it was really interesting so they talked about how the success of men's soccer teams is that soccer just requires you to have teammates you can't go all the way down the field by without yourself right passing. without having to pass right yeah. and so men do a really good job of like passing and, and moving the ball and moving it around women on the other hand are girls they were less successful. And do you know why? Because they don't like to share? No, because instead of only thinking about who was more open or who was the best strategic person to send it to, they thought about the social repercussions of who they were sending it to. Stop it. Yeah. And so like the... They were worried about if if I pass the ball to Jane, then Mary's going to get mad. Or they were worried that like, oh, Jane's not that popular on the team. <gasps> And so I didn't want to pass it to Jane or Susie is really good and she's the star. And so I should just send it to her. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Which I think like that's what you were just saying, right? Is that a lot of people don't want to take, and I think we run into it because we work with a lot of women. We try to hire a lot of women, you know, yep. we, we work in a woman dominated um, company. Which is great. Which is great and fantastic. Yay us. But I do think that that is part of the challenge. You yeah. know, yesterday I had the same problem. Oh, I didn't want to step on her toes. Well, that's not going to make the project succeed. Right. What's going to make the project succeed is if both of you are working together in tandem and using leveraging your skill sets because each of you have different skill sets. And so I think like that is part of it's innately part of that challenge. In season one, we had a whole conversation about ownership. And I think that it ties directly to that. Even if it seems like I might step on this person's toes, I'm going to go and make sure that I don't. I'll run it by them first and then I'll, you know, make a decision and I'll say that, right? We've tried to be pretty open with people in terms of, you know, we're small. We expect people to step up and if you see something that needs to get done, you should just do it. And so I think it doesn't really fly in our company to say, like, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. It becomes a real challenge when nobody's owning a project or no one is taking control of something because I feel like it just makes people run in a hamster wheel, you know? It's right. like, oh, no, nobody's saying, hey, get off the hamster wheel, right? Uh, because they're just kind of just running in circles. Right. What's a metaphor? What's a good metaphor? Well, no, for what we're trying to do. So (laughs) a a boundary that's set up as kind of a guideline, but it is very clear that you can also change the shape of the boundary. You can set up a different kind of boundary. You can step beyond that boundary. Maybe like a rubber band. It's kind of like a rubber band could be really strong and hold a bunch of things together. It can stretch out if it needs to hold more things, but it has a limit, you know? It's going to break if you try to create a swing out of it. Well, I always just think of a circle, a circle in the sand. A circle in sand, though, like because sand moves and you can, you know, the, the circle comes sometimes becomes blurry. And I feel like, you know, it's easy to manipulate and make bigger. You know, people should think about boundaries like that. You know, boundaries can be redrawn all the time, especially in a small company. It's harder, much, much, much harder in a larger company. Yeah. Let me make that clear. But in a small company... That's one of the benefits of being in it is that you can redraw your boundaries. Yeah. And I don't know if people feel like they can do that. I mean, you can't do it when you're like a month in, right? I mean, obviously, you have to dedicate some time to the position. But I just feel like people, as they kind of get to know the company, you understand what the needs are. You understand what the needs of a project are, where the gaps are. And you, and you get the benefit of being able to talk to the heads of the company all the time so you can see what the challenges might be. And so, you know, being able to feel empowered to fill those gaps and say, hey, you know, I'm really interested in doing whatever project management. So I'd like to try to take that on or, you know, like just be able to do that. I feel like people don't get the opportunity to be empowered to do that all the time. Yeah. Well, I think you bring up a good point because I don't think that we have to set every boundary. This is the other thing that I've been really conscious of is like, how do we make it so that our team can 
help or define their own boundaries and come and figure out how to work within the boundaries that we've set. And I think that there are a lot of people who are, you know, they're fine to kind of say, oh, that person is at the head and they're going to make all the decisions and that'll be fine. And then that way I don't have to make yeah. any, you know, which I I can understand the the appeal in that, right? But at the same time, it's also kind of like, for us, as kind of the partners of the company, we don't have any boundaries, right? We do everything. We clean the toilets, we go get lunch, we make smoothies. Yeah, we make smoothies. And then we also are making, obviously, business decisions. Oh, we do that? Uh, yeah, sometimes. That's like a small part of our, of our roles and responsibilities. <laughs> and I think that for us, you know, we operate in a way where we ourselves want to be able to define our own roles and responsibilities. We've been in positions before where it was very cloudy or murky as to what your roles and responsibilities are. And then you kind of came in, did the job, and then defined them yourself, right? We function that way in our projects. Like we don't like it when companies come to us with a full brief and they say, here's exactly what we want you to do, right? We're always kind of trying to get them to think a little bit differently about it or we're offering up different options so that we can make it into the project that we want it to. What are our takeaways from this? We are constantly trying to find people who understand when it's appropriate to stretch the boundaries. And for myself personally, I'm constantly trying to find the right times to say, hey, you should feel free to do these things and go beyond what you're doing and say, hey, look, this is like, this is your swim lane and you should really focus on that swim lane. And that's where I think like that coming to the halfway point between your employer provides some amount. Yeah. And then the employee has to also provide some amount. It's not, it just can't be one way because otherwise, I just don't know if that works. Right. So what advice would you give for somebody who's, let's say, in a mid-sized company right now and they feel like they're doing more than their original job description and, you know, they might feel pretty burnt out and they don't know what to do? I would say, are you in the right place, first of all? But I would also say that you can redefine what you do. I mean, I think that feeling stuck is because you've accepted that you're stuck and that you've, you have not given yourself some freedom to think about what else could be. And I mean, I've been there. I know that that is a terrible feeling, especially when it comes to how you want to make your work environment. I mean, we spend so much time, much time at work. I'm always like, why are people so unhappy at work? You know, you've got to figure out your ways or the people to meet within your organization that will help you redefine what it is that you can do. Yeah, I think that that redefinition is really important yeah. because, you know, I think that one part is that people either know they're unhappy or they're doing way more than they should be, but they don't know like what to do next, yeah. you know, which I think yeah. is really hard. It's like, because you can't say necessarily I want, and I think people jump to, I want a promotion. And I don't know if that's necessarily the only way to, you know, like, I don't think monetary compensation basically is the only way to do that. That's I think right. that, of course, there's one way to alleviate it. You know, it's really also thinking about, well, what of those things are you good at? So if you're not good at doing all those extra things that you're doing, then... <laughs> 
then you should ta- have a conversation about that. But if you're actually finding that you like those things, right, then you should talk about redefinition of role. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's really hard to do that when you're kind of like, I don't, I don't know what it means that yeah. I do all that stuff. You yeah. Know? And I think one of the things that you push against as a small business is that you want to be kind of open and you kind of need to be open in some ways. Like you need people to do multiple things and not be completely fixed into oh, I am the copywriter, so I'm just going to wait until I have to write copy and then I'm not going to do anything else. Right. And what's the metaphor that we want to think about? Maybe it's like a string. It's like a wrinkle in time. Do you remember that illustration that was in A Wrinkle in Time is that it was a string? Yeah. And the idea that like an ant could walk across the string and it would take a long time. Right. But then if you pushed the ends of the string together and created the wrinkle, right, then the ant could get from one side to the other very quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking of is that it's like a string. It's because, elastic. Yeah. You can move the it's string like a around. Web. Yeah. Yeah. Made by goat smell. Yeah. Yeah. You can be a goat that spins spider webs. <laughs> I'm still trying to bring it back in. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just be a regular old goat. Or a spider. <laughs> or a regular old spider. You can make a decision. You can be a hybrid. I'm just kidding. Those things are amazing. Goats are amazing and spiders are amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they found a good use for goat milk because it doesn't make a lot of good things other than cheese. Oh, that's sad, really. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's a little funky. Oh. I wonder if the web smells funky. <laughs> I don't think they're probably using that milk for cheese today, but <laughs> maybe some really... Redefining your boundaries. That's that's the t- big takeaway. The biggest takeaway is that boundaries should feel like they can be redefined and that they can be moved around, and um, both on the part of the employee and the employer. Yep. So we'll work on the boundaries. Yes. Stay tuned. We're, we're going to redefine the boundaries. I'm going to channel my inner rubber band. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Let's end on that note. So stay tuned for the next episode of Yeah, No. So we've got a lot more fun stuff. Amazing. Amazing. And if you love us, or even if you like us, or if you are in like with us, please consider subscribing to Yeah, No. And even better, if you write us a review, because we know you like us, but we want to hear what you like about us you can find us on the web yeah no y-a-h-n-o podcast.com and also on instagram this episode was recorded at figure eight studios by michael prince coleman our music is produced and written and performed by chess smith this is like og crew right here it is it's true yeah see you next time thanks for listening